all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM. Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. It is hump day, and we've got a fun show coming your way with a bunch of guests, and we're going to be talking some sports and everything in between. We've got our mailbag and all of that good stuff coming up in uh, the next 90 or so minutes. We've got B.J. Young, South Lafouche football coach, will be joining us. Usually we have B.J. Wednesdays at noon. Um but there's some teacher meetings or something going on down the by today. So we're going to bump him up to 1145. Then we'll have South Lafouche girls basketball coach Darian Jenkins at noon, who um, is going to be beginning her planning period. She'll be chatting with us at noon to talk about the Lady Tarpons big win last night over E.D. White. South Lafouche gets a two-point road win over E.D. White. Then at 12.15, it's Wednesday at 12.15, we're going to the Turtle. Taylor Griffin will be joining us. We'll be talking about God knows what, wrestling, LSU, obviously some high school basketball as well because Turtle is our color analyst for Coastal Broadcasting's high school broadcast. Uh, And we look forward to chatting with the Turtle as we always do. 12.30, I've got the mailbag, got some questions from you all that will get answered. At the bottom of the show, we'll get our betting picks. But last night was an interesting night in our area for high school basketball. Um, had some local teams play and compete and get some good results. Um, starting off their season's pretty strong. You know, usually, you know, everybody's optimistic to start, you know, a new year. And basketball was the same this coming year, right? But after watching a couple of the teams play in the Jamborees and then watching a couple of the teams play to start the year, I don't think that hype is 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 um, going to necessarily be a bad thing. I think there are a lot of local teams who are actually going to be pretty strong. Um, you got Central Lafouche, who got a 52-32 to win over South Terrebonne last night. That was a game that I actually attended in person. Um, the Trojans started off a little bit slow. Like in the first half, didn't necessarily play all that well. And I kept commenting uh, to Abby as she and I were shooting the game together. I kept commenting like, man, like Central Foos is about to make a run. Like they're going to, you know, they're leaving points on the board and kept making those little comments because you felt like they were about to pull away at any moment. And then in in the third quarter, that's exactly what they did. They go on a run and they grab control of the game and they never let go. They get a 52 to 32 win. Before we dive into the rest of the local scoreboard, man, last night Central Lafouche um, gave a game-worn Everett Jackson jersey to his family. Everett Jackson is a young man from this area who was an LSU Alexandria basketball player who actually I said LSU Alexandria. I think it was actually LSU Eunice, but 
either way, a young man here um, who went on and did some stuff beyond uh, the high school level uh, and then was tragically uh, found dead in, in, you know, in an accident out in Idaho over the summer. The circumstances are not fully yet known, but he was visiting with, you know, friends or whatever it may be, whatever the story may be, but it was the young man taken to, from us far too soon. Um, former Central Lafouche player, uh, they brought his family back last night. They brought former coach Mark Sanders back, who coached Everett whenever he was at Central Lafouche. They hung a banner. The team's dedicating their season to him. Gave a game-worn jersey to his family as a keepsake. Just an awesome thing. Tons and tons of class shown by Coach Latin and his staff there over at Central Lafouche, and they get a big win on top of it. Terrebonne goes play Noma last night. Surpri- not surprisingly, they get a 60-27 to win. Terrebonne was a big favorite in that matchup there. They take care of business and keep the early season momentum rolling. Vanderbilt gets an 82-44 to win over West St. John. So the Terriers get a, a season-opening victory last night, getting things started up. So, you know, some of the local boys basketball teams, not just winning, but winning decisively, winning decisively. And like we were saying a second ago, just kind of letting people know that, hey, basketball in our area this year is going to be really strong. We've got some teams that are capable of playing at a high level. On the girls basketball scoreboard last night, we see that, excuse me, we had um, Vanderbilt Catholic rolling past Destrehan. 57-41 57 to 41 last night. The Lady Terriers improved to 2 and 0 on the season. Y'all, I actually misspoke last yesterday on yesterday's show. I said on yesterday's show that Central Lafouche's women's basketball team defeated CCA in the opener. That is not the case. The Lady Trojans and the Lady Lions had to stop their game in the fourth quarter because of uh, water getting into the gym. Apparently, it was raining in the gym that they were playing at out in West Homa. Um, so, because of that, the game actually wasn't able to be finished, but Central Lafouche was in control of the game, leading by 10 going into the fourth quarter. So, I knew they had the lead. I just misspoke a little bit in terms of um, you know them actually getting a win in the game. Kenner Discovery Health Sciences gets a 45-24 to win over Lutcher last night. Lutcher's joining our local 4A district. Morgan City played Jenneret. We don't have a score posted. Um, I could tell you that South Lafouche got a 30-28 to win over E.D. White last night on the girls' basketball hardwood. South Lafouche trailed the game by four going into the fourth quarter. And then Ellie Lorraine uh, just took over the game in the fourth quarter, getting to the free throw line over and over and over again, drawing fouls, making free throws, making things happen for a South Lafouche team that bounces back from a season-opening loss against John Curtis and gets a big win over EDY, 30-28. to Defensive struggle, but the Lady Tarpons get the big win. We'll have Darian Jenkins on at noon to talk about that game and also to preview tonight's game against HL Bourgeois. South Lafouche opens up their season with three games and three nights. Um, split the first two, kind of the rubber match tonight against HL Bourgeois, an opportunity to get to 2-1 and one to start the season. We told you about Vanderbilt's victory, 57-41 over Destrehan. That's a good win for them. They improved to 2-0 on the season. Central Catholic of Morgan City gets a 41-40 win over Patterson. So good job there by Central Catholic making it happen and getting a big win. 
And then uh, CCA played South Terrebonne last night, but we don't have a score reported there. And I just get the sneaky suspicion, and maybe I'm wrong, but with the gym issues on Monday night, I see CCA was also scheduled to be home on Tuesday. That one might not have gotten in um, because of you know the the gym situations out in Homa and the rain and whatever damage or whatever they may or may not still be dealing with. We're talking a lot of basketball here, but of course it is still also football season. We are very much so looking forward to some of the games in our area. We do have a matchup on Friday night. That'll directly be in our area. E.D. White will be hosting Evangel in the Division II Select Playoffs. Also in the Division II Select Playoffs, Vanderbilt will be traveling to take on De La Salle out at Haas Memphis Stadium out in the city. That one will be played on Friday night. Vanderbilt is going to be facing a De La Salle team that is 10-0 on the year. Uh, they've got victories over... East Ascension, St. Charles Catholic, St. Paul's, Holy Cross. So they've got some really good wins. Um, Terriers will be trying to get their ground game going. We'll be trying to um, control the game, play at a slower pace, and if they could do that, maybe get to the fourth quarter with a chance. On the flip side, E.D. White's at home. They're 9-1 on the season, playing some really good ball coming in. Evangel doesn't have that same record. They're just 6-4, and four, now 7-4 and four with the playoff win in week one. Evangel's been on the stage this year of playing some of the best that Louisiana has to offer. They haven't been able to win any of those games, but they've been competitive in a lot of those games. You fall 8-0 to Neville, 37-21 against Westgate. You fall 21-20 to Northwood to Shreveport. And then North DeSoto put it on them pretty good, 37-14. to So they have played some really stiff competition, haven't yet really tasted the winner's circle, though they got a win against Huntington in Week 9, 21-14. Huntington's a good program and a team that plays at a high level. So it will be a, ta- a challenge and a test for E.D. White. There's no question about that. If you're showing up to the game expecting to see uh, 42 to nothing or something like that, I don't think that's what you're going to get. I think this will be a back-and-forth game. We'll enter the third quarter out of halftime, and I think both teams will still have an opportunity to win it. The challenge is going to be, can E.D. White's defense slow down the Evangel offense? Historically, Evangel's been a spread out, throw the ball all over the field offense. Can they slow that down? Then on the flip side, can Evangel handle the physicality that E.D. White's coming with? E.D. White is hard to prepare for because they're so much more physical than anybody else you're going to see. Playing them is like being in a fight. Like they're going to line up and punch you in the throat over and over and over again. And over the course of the 48-minute 48, 48 game, you got to be willing to withstand that, um, or withstand that rather. And a lot of teams that they face just buckle. Just buckled. St. James, last, uh, you know, the last game of the regular season, St. James buckled. They couldn't handle the physicality that E.D. White was coming with, and a lot of other teams suffer that same fate. So we'll see how Evangel handles that long trip. Uh, you're facing a team in the cold weather. You know, it, these little bumps and bruises and these little shots just kind of sting a little more when it's cold. Um, it'll certainly be a very interesting matchup, but we wish the Cardinals and the Terriers both nothing but the best of luck. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to B.J. Young. Wax him his plans for the offseason out in Galliano. It's play-by-play on KLEB. It's the Black Friday sales event going on now until the end of November. Check out the many holiday deals at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Test drive the 2022 Ram 1500 with 3750 off MSRP, now 57715. Hurry on over to Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Must finance through Chrysler Capital to qualify for Chrysler Capital bonus cash. Must finance through Chrysler Capital and have a beacon score of 620 or less to qualify for CCAP 22 non-prime retail bonus cash. 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. If you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. We go to B.J. Young, South Lafouche High School football coach who's on the line right now. B.J., good morning, buddy. How are you? Good, man. How are y'all? <laughs> good, bro. We haven't had a chance to speak with you since the season ended. It was a rough year for the Tarpons, but a year where that was understandably rough. I mean, you had some youth and a lot of inexperience, and uh, you guys uh, just struggled through the course of the year. You have now had a couple of weeks to let it resonate, kind of let it marinate, so to speak. Um what are things uh, looking like right now in Galliano, man? I'm sure there's some off-season planning taking place. Yeah, um, you know, kind of, kind of took the approach of let the kids get away and recharge their batteries too. Um, so we hadn't started the off-season yet. We're gonna start that up after the Thanksgiving break. Um, you know, I think it's important, you know, to get away for a little while and uh, and kind of get get the hunger back to uh, to start working towards next year. You know, you get a. a a two-week head start on everybody else, or maybe a little bit more because of the Christmas break. Um, so yeah, man, look, we got we got a good group coming back. Um, went back and you know you go back and you watch watch the games and, and try to take away you know a few things that you can maybe get better at, um, and, and we'll start to do that you know as we move forward. Coach, what are some of the areas that you guys have identified as okay? You know, we've got to turn X, Y, and Z around in the off season to try to make sure that the twenty twenty three season's more smooth. Yeah, I, I think we have to uh we gotta get better in the trenches. Um that starts with the weight room, you know, getting strong in the weight room. Um then that would be maybe, you know, the first and foremost. Um 
look, we've got to get better at tackling. That's no secret. You know, we have to tackle better. Um, and, and that's some things you can kind of incorporate in the conditioning in the offseason with the tackling wheels and, uh, and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, try to do a little speed training. You know, we try to get a week here. Um, you know, late late in the offseason, we'll lift first, um, try to just get bigger first. Um, and then we'll do a, what we call like speed city. Uh, and, and we've got about a week of that or a week and a half, two weeks of that. Um, just really focusing on our speed. And that should uh, kind of take us into the summer, man, where, you, where, you, where you, uh, you know, you start to hone in on certain deals. And uh, that's after spring football. You know, um, you, you kind of get to see again kind of where you're at and reevaluate and move some pieces around and try to get ready for the fall. I'm optimistic, bro. I mean, I you know, look, knowing what you guys got coming back, a lot of very talented players returning. You don't – I mean, you lose a talented senior group, don't get me wrong, but you do have a lot of your starting core, far more of your starting core coming back this no, next season than, than this previous season. Uh, what's the mood of the kids like, though? Are, are they approaching like, hey, man, you know, this is just a small setback for a big turnaround? Like, are they optimistic about what's coming up? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's not too many frowning faces. Um, you know, kids these days, man, they, they tend to let stuff go fairly quick, you know. Um, so, I, so I think they already kind of got their sights on, on moving forward. And, um, look, we got a good A-grade group coming up as well. I wouldn't be shocked if you see some of the freshmen again, some freshmen again out there on Friday nights. You know, um, look, we got we got we got to make changes. You know, you can't go out there and do the same thing and expect different results. So, um, we got to try try to find our best 22 regardless of a grade and um, and try to get them out there on the field to give us a chance to win. Bro, I know you got to be awfully excited because you get a full off season with your quarterback, which is something that you didn't have last year. And look, man, Carson was tremendous when he was out there. But you could see there were times, you know, maybe not reading it in the in the run, you know, RPO game, right. or maybe not making a right read in the passing game. Those are all things that you guys can be able to polish up. And boy, I just think he's going to make some big strides having that tutelage over the summer. Yeah, you know, uh, look, man, it's human beings. You know, they, you make mistakes, and they're not going to play perfect, and that's that's at any level. Uh, but having a whole off season with them, I think, is going to be uh, be tremendous. Um, you know, for us and his growth as a, as a quarterback and in the system. Um, look, I, I think uh, I, I think the only thing holding him back, the only person that can stop, the only people that can stop Carson is Carson, um, and that, that's just staying healthy um, throughout a game and throughout a season. Uh, look, man, when you see him, he's put together now, right? He's muscled up, he's bowed up. So we got, uh, you know, focus for him is to do some more stretching. You know, I've um, we've kind of bounced ideas off each other as coaches to getting like a yoga instructor in and in the summer, um, maybe doing some yoga, uh, big session yoga to just stretch the kids out and and uh, you know if you ever if you've ever done it, it's kind of strenuous, man. So um, helping them control their bodies and, and look, I think I think you know what, what holds them back is just the, the tightness. Um, so if we can stretch them out a little bit, get them muscles a little bit more flexible. I think he'd be fine. BJ, I got to tell you, bro, I'm not a workout guy, but I have done a little bit of yoga. Boy, talk about kick my ass, man. That's some hard stuff, bro. Yeah, look, I'm telling you, we. Uh, I remember, I think back to Southeast, I used to get somebody in there in the summer months, and, uh, you know, you're kind of going in there with the mindset, you know, as, as an athlete like that, that you're going to crush it. But it's just a different animal, man. And, uh, you know, I think it would be good for us, you know, one, one to stretch us out. Um, I think you got to control your body. And, and it kind of takes into a different mindset. Um, focus-wise, you know, it kind of takes into a, a different um, mindset that you probably hadn't maybe been in, especially for a young kid, um, to refocus. And so I think it would be good for us, man. So we're going to have some feelers put out and kind of see uh, see if it takes off. 
Another thing that I'm sure you guys are going to be focused on in terms of, you know, the quarterback's health is, bro, I know you guys are not going to be wanting to throw it, you know, 40 times and running it 30 times. There's going to have to be a way to take some of that burden off of him, getting, you know, establishing some running backs, getting that ground game going. Got to make things a little easier on him too, right? Yeah, look, I mean, look, and we're just going to be honest, the only, you know, run game we had was through him, yep. you know. So you're talking about a kid that has to run the ball, um, read the run when we were giving it to him at the back. Look, I'm, there was very, very seldom we called just a run to the back, you know, because we were putting it in his hands. Um, we felt comfortable with him making plays. So he's got to read the runs. Then he's reading the passes. Uh, he's calling the protections. He's checking out of, you know, certain plays. And then on top of that, he, he's, he's running the ball whenever we're running it, you know. So, um, look, we, we have to, uh, and I think that, that, that starts up front. Um, I'm gonna tell you, we got we got a bright running back, man. I thought um, I thought Landon Dardar came into his own late in the year um, and, and started getting really comfortable. So I'm looking to see some big things out of him. And, and when you look back for the runs he did run versus Vanderbilt, I thought he ran the ball well. Um, and look, as a freshman, you know, so I, I'm expecting some big things out of the running back. Um, gonna have some young kids step up up front, which which we excited about. Um, they they hit a little bit. They like contact, so that's good. Hopefully we quit, can can. can Excuse me. Hopefully we can create some lanes, uh, get them running backs going a little bit, and take some of the pressure off. Um, you know, I've always had kind of the approach of you you want to have, um, maybe, you know, thirty percent of the plays in a game. I, I don't want the quarterback thinking at all. Um, you know, just handing it off and then, and then carrying out a fake. Um, that way, you know, you're not you're not overdoing it on them. And um, it's kind of an approach we had when I when I played. You know. Uh, you got to have plays where he can take off mentally and just and and, and so to say take one off, you know, because uh, it's it's a lot, man. I mean, you're talking about probably the position on the field that's got the most responsibility. If you win, is he's the hero. If you lose, no matter what happened, he he he's he's the dog, um, and he's thinking the most out of anybody. And he's touching the ball every play. So um, you try to limit limit some of the mental stuff, so um, you know you can take a little bit off his plate for sure. Defensively, I know that you know a big part of it is you know speed and athleticism and tackling, and we, you know, we we've talked about those things at nauseum throughout the course of the year. Is there anything schematically that you guys could do to to put yourself in better positions on the field in, in you know, next season on Friday nights? Yeah, you know, man, honestly, we had we hadn't really uh hadn't really talked about it yet. There's going to be a time coming up here soon um, before the Christmas break where we where we get together and kind of. Uh, see a direction of uh of where we're going to go from here type approach um kind of looking back at it you know and, and look man uh some, sometimes you, you got you got you got to do what's best for everybody and sometimes maybe it's moving to a three-man or four-man or a lot a lot has got to do with your personnel you know if we got more we feel like we can put more linebackers on the field and take some of them d-linemen out if our better positions at linebacker then we'll put more linebackers if you know, going into spring, we feel like, you know, we got more D-linemen that we can rotate and not so many linebackers for whatever reason that we'll play more D-linemen. So um, I, th I think that plays a lot into it, too, the personnel you dealt. Um, you know, I think we got to do a better job of taking away what teams want to do. Um, you know, we know Vanderbilt Calic wants to give the ball to Jalen Coleman, right? So we got to do a better job at, at, you know, trying to take that away. Not that you can, but you you got to do a better job at certain deals. And, and that's offense, too, man. There was times I put us not in a, in a position that I thought we could be successful. We get in the play call in a little late and they're having a rush, so it cuts out on time for them to think a little bit. And um, that's just things we got to get better at as coaches, man. It's not always on the uh, on the players, you know. Um, we got to look ourselves in the mirror too, 
as, as grown men and uh and, and put our feelings aside and try to fix it. Boy, soccer won two to nothing. Something tells me you're going to be watching a match or two this this coming winter, right? <laughs> man, look, I'm telling you, I already talked to Coach Roos. I said, hey, man, I, 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 if you got time, I'm coming to practice and we're going to bring a football out and I want every kid to kick five. You know, he started laughing. I said, man, I need one bad. He said, Coach, I'm, I'm going to find some for you. So, um, look, man, we're, you, you know, I, I could think back just a handful of times off the top of my head where, where the kicking game um, – you know, it hinders you, man, and, and we got to find one. And, um, look, you can't tell me there's not one walking around the halls. You know, my dad's on me bad. Like, BJ, you can't tell me <laughs> I don't have one kid, you know. So I got to find him, man. I got to do a better job. I got to go hunt him out, and we're going to get one, man. Uh, we're going to get one. Look, you, you guys tried late in the season with, with Carson kicking a few, and, look, I thought he kicked the pretty ball. Uh, I mean, is that a chance where maybe just with a little bit more man. work that he could do it? Man, look, I'm going to tell you, in practice, he must have kicked 20. I think he made 18 of them. I think he made 18. I mean, it was unreal. He was kicking a – he kicked some 30-something yarders, you know, and I said, man. So I always mess with the coaches, you know. I said, I told you all that 10 weeks ago, you know. And I was like, man, chill out, you know. But, look, we get in the game. It's different in the game. The lights are on. There's people watching. There's a snap. There's people trying to block it. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't catch it well. But, look, man, everything <laughs> – look, anything's on the table. We have to, uh, we have to get a kicking game because that can be so effective. And uh, we got we to do our job as coaches, try to find one that, that can get it done. Southeastern and Nichols tomorrow, bro. I actually be doing the radio call on that one over on ESPN 100.3. I'm sure you're awfully excited. The Lions are playing for a lot. Nichols is trying to spoil their season. Man, it's going to be a big, big night tomorrow. And Thibodeau, something tells me you're going to be out there. Yeah, look, I'm going to do my best to make it. You know, uh, try to bring the little man out there and let, let him watch it. Um, and, and look, I told I saw Russ at the All District meeting. I said, Russ, I'm wearing blue now. I'm wearing neutral colors. <laughs> Started laughing, you know. But look, man, my heart's my heart's for Southeastern, man. That place has done a lot for me. Um, it opened up a lot of doors, and uh, look, I'm grateful, you know. And uh, so yeah, man, look, I'll be pulling for Southeastern. I think they got the conference. They, they win. They, they're the conference champion, you know. And uh, they're gonna be their fourth out of the five years. This will be their fourth year making the playoffs if they win tomorrow night. So. Man, I'm pulling for him, bro, but I won't be in I won't be in a color. I ain't trying to make anybody upset. <laughs> Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time, man. Take care. All right, man. Thank you. That's BJ Young doing a good job as always. Look, he's honest. He knows they've got some things to work on. They've got some things to fix. But part of bringing change, and this is bigger than sports, this has to do with life. Part of changing anything is accepting and understanding that it needs to be changed. I could sit here and I do this often, and I'm guilty of this. I could sit here and say, well, you know, I've gained a little weight. You know, I should probably, you know, go on a diet or whatever and then and, and, and fix that. Until I actually start getting on the bike or running and, you know, actually stop eating the McDonald's or drinking the soft drinks, it ain't going to get fixed. So I understand that, yeah, they understand that things got to get better, but they're willing to change the processes to make it happen. They're willing to change the processes to make it happen. And, and everything that he said there, I think, is is spot on. Ogeron is a great player, but he can't be running the ball 40 times while throwing it forward. Like, he can't be directly responsible for the success of every single play. He's going to get hurt. Any quarterback in the world would get hurt under those, situ- under those circumstances. Ask the Baltimore Ravens to ha- run Lamar Jackson 40 times a game see what would happen. He wouldn't last a month. <laughs> so, you know, those things got to get fixed, and I think that they will. 
I think that they will. I like the crew that they got coming back. I think that they're going to make uh, you know the right tweaks and right adjustments, and I think that they'll be a much stronger team next fall. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Coach Darian Jenkins. South Lafouche got a victory yesterday over E.D. White in a thriller. We'll talk with Coach Darian about her team and also preview her matchup with H.L. Bourgeois tonight. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Do you want a free, easy-go gas golf cart? Golden Motors is giving a brand-new golf cart. All you must do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, and you get a chance to win. By November 1st till January 31st, and you get a chance to win a new EasyGo Gas Golf Cart. Come to Golden Motors and get your new pre-owned or car, truck, or SUV and get a chance to bring home a new golf cart. Oh, by the way, we have a great selection of Chevy Silverados and Equinox or Trailblazers, and they're arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. Come see us on Highway 3235 and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 Dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Fence RV to experience a Top 50 Dealer or visit us at FenceRV.com. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. Rouse's Supermarket wants to wish everyone a happy holiday. And to help you out and make you really happy for the holidays, they are offering a free butterball turkey when you purchase a Smithfield Spiral Ham. Yes, buy a Smithfield Spiral Ham at $2.99 per pound and get up to 16 pounds free on a butterball grade A frozen turkey. Limit one per customer. Also good on honeysuckle or best choice grade A frozen turkeys based on availability. Gobble, gobble. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. Got to change up the music selection. If we roll our windows down and cruise today, we're going to get pneumonia. It is cold in Louisiana. We go to the phone lines and we have a girls basketball coach on the line who's awfully excited because her team got a 30-28 to win over E.D. White last night on the road. Getting the one and one on the season, that's Coach Darian Jenkins with South Lafouche. Coach, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are y'all? 
Doing fine. Big win for your team last night after the the John Curtis game in the opener. Was looking at the box scores and everything. Uh, close and competitive throughout, but your team found a way to win late. I'm sure you got to be awfully proud. Oh, yeah. I'm super proud of our girls. Um, it definitely came down to the end, and we pulled it off. We kept fighting, never gave up. Even when we were down with only a minute or so left in the game, um, we just called a timeout. I talked to the girls, and I said, we got to leave it all out on the floor, and that's what they did. They were confident in themselves and with each other, and we pulled off the win. Tell me about, you know, the importance of bouncing back because, look, I was there Monday, and, and, and John Curtis put it on you all pretty good. Uh, but the importance of 24 hours later being in the same situation, being on the road this time, and then finding a way to get it done. Right. Um, against John Curtis, it definitely was a rough loss for us. But one thing I saw was that the girls never gave up. I mean, we played the whole game. They were still pressing us at some points in the fourth quarter. And the girls were still working, even after being down by so much. Just to see that the girls didn't give up on each other, it kind of made me feel a little bit better about everything. And then going into the easy white game, I just let them know, I mean, it's not all about one person. It's not all about two people. If you work together as a team and never give up, all five girls on the court at one time, great things can happen. And, I mean, that's what we did. We came in, and it was close, like you said, the entire game. And at the end of the day, I tell this to the girls all the time, free throws win and lose games. And last night, free throws were definitely big. Um, Ellie Lorraine held it down at the free throw line, which definitely helped us out to pull off the win in the end. Yeah, Lorraine made a bunch of free throws. You told me that big three-pointer last night from Hunter, who also got double digits for your team. Uh, she stepped up big and you know made a big, big shot to help power your team past the Lady Cardinals. She definitely did. And Elise Hunter, uh, she's a senior this year. She's definitely stepping up. At the beginning of the game in the first quarter, you can tell she was off a little bit. She started to get discouraged, and I just pulled her to the side, and I let her know, listen, your biggest, um, the biggest thing that's going to mess you up is yourself. You need to get out your head, just stay positive, and help your teammates out. And, again, her shots weren't falling at the beginning, but when it mattered the most, that three-pointer fell in at the end of the game, and it was awesome. The crowd went wild. I mean, we had the momentum, and we just kept it up for the last minute of the game, and they held tight and played some good defense. So we pulled it off in the end. It was awesome. Edie White has a really explosive player. Uh, I believe her name is Caroline Adams. Yeah, I'm sure that that was a big you know, focus of your defensive efforts was to try to slow her down. And she did score 17, but, man, I, I got to tell you, to hold them as a team to just 28, you got to be awfully proud of the way your defense held them down. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I told the girls. Like We knew that she's their key player and that their offense – does definitely revolve around her. So at the end of the game, when it was definitely at the end and uh, close, I let them know like they're going to try to get the ball to Caroline, so we got to set something up to be on your best defense. And if somebody gets beat, you have to help out. So, And that's what our girls did at the end of the game. They came together and played some amazing defense. And like I said, whoever was playing on Caroline, if she did get beat, we had that help behind that was able to stop her and pull off the win. Coach, I saw your junior varsity team play against John Curtis, and then I noticed that the freshmen and the junior varsity teams both also won yesterday against E.D. White. I got to tell you, and I actually made this joke with Coach, with Coach Kyle on Monday, so like, I got work to do because I don't know a lot of the kids' names yet, and we're going to be doing some of the games on the radio, but it's some girls that work hard, and you know they're, they are busting tail, and they hustle, and they're giving you everything that they've got. Um Man, I was super impressed with your JV crew on Monday night. It's some young kids, but they seem to be really scrappy and really hungry. It was good to see. They really are, and it's awesome just having them that young and having that competitiveness. Like, I mean, last night 
we had Gabby Lee was actually out last night. She was running a fever, so that's one of our main guards that started. So our lineup was a little bit different. But um, Marcy Chasson is actually a freshman that stepped up big for us last night. She played the second, third, and fourth quarter as a big post in there, and she held her own, and it was awesome to see, along with a lot of other young girls just stepping up and to come into high school and play at that varsity level and keep up with everybody. It's really amazing to me. So, I mean, our freshmen did great last night, came out with a big win, and so did JV. I'm super proud of these girls, and, I mean, if they keep putting in the work, they're just going to go up from here. It's really awesome to see. Another opportunity tonight. You're on the road taking on HL Bourgeois. I saw they opened up their season against Ellender and came up short. What do you know about HL Bourgeois? What are some things that you all have to do well to try to get your second win of the week? Right. Um, I know HL is definitely in the same situation as us. I think they. I want to say they lost seven seniors from last year. So kind of like in the same boat as us. So I know they, re, they are rebuilding as well. Um, but from the HL, I know in the past they're definitely aggressive. They're quick. And we're going to have to be ready for anything that comes at us. Uh, I know they pressed us a lot last year, so we're definitely going to have to be ready to get in that press that press break to match up with them. Um, I'm also looking to play a man, as always, but our girls have to be quick and we have to talk to each other. That's going to be a big key to success tonight. Does it, does it help? And I actually co- asked Coach Brian Colley about this on Monday. We were talking about um, boys basketball at the time, but – when you play a team like Curtis and you get the game on film and you're watching it back on, on huddle or whatever it may be, does it help in that you could show the girls, okay, hey, if you want to play at a championship level, like this is what it looks like. You got yourself on tape against one of the best programs in the state. They've won the state championship a million times in a row. Does it help to have that experience because now your girls know, hey, this is what it's going to take if we want to get to that level? Yes, it's definitely a tremendous help. And, I mean, yes, we did lose by a lot, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I literally take and cut pieces and clips of film, and we pull it up, and we set up those same situations at practice. And I'm letting these girls know, like, hey, John Curtis won the state championship the last five years or more. And, I mean, if we can keep up with this and learn from this and learn from our mistakes, I mean, that's what it's going to take. So that's what we definitely do. We get clips, and I show them the things we're doing wrong and the things we're doing right. We even look at how John Curtis was playing defense on us and how they were so successful on their on the defensive side. So for us to look at it and change our defense, looking off of teams like that, it really does help at the end of the day. Any word on if Gabby is going to be back with you all tonight? Um, she is at school. She has been here since first period, so she's looking good to go. I talked to her earlier. She's feeling a lot better. So hopefully we get to roll. Um, last night, I know they don't get as much playing time, but JV-wise, definitely, uh, Skylar Brunet had got hurt, and as well as Hannah McLean. So those two girls are probably going to be out for tonight. But other than that, everybody else should be here. Hopefully we can keep the girls all healthy and keep going from here. Good deal. Coach, thanks for the time. Good luck tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep, that is Coach Darian Jenkins with South LaFouche doing a good job. They get a win last night. Um, man, you know that Lorraine's coming strong. You know She's been a prominent player for them for now the last couple of years. But to see, you know, Hunter step up and get double digits and make a big three-pointer and to know that you went on the road and beat Edie White without Gabby Lee, who's, you know, a big prominent player. She's going to be a big help to them throughout the course of the year. Makes the win all the more impressive. All the more impressive. Edie White's going to win some games. That, you know, that that's that's a given. They're going to win some games. Um, South Lafouche takes care of them and gets to one-and-one one on the season. And now they try to build on that momentum. And I'm telling you, Bourgeois is a 5A team. Don't be surprised tonight if South Lafouche goes on the road and does it again.
Yeah, they're talented. They're quick. They're athletic. Everything of the sort. But they're also young. And South Lafouche is going to be battle tested, having played. You know, the, getting the win last night and everything. If they have enough left in the tank and they've still got their legs, I wouldn't be shocked if they went on the road and got another win. But we'll see how that shakes out. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'm going to Taylor Griffin. The Turtle and I will be chatting about all this high school basketball madness, LSU, the Saints, WWE, anything you could think of. We'll get to it in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. It's the Black Friday sales event going on now until the end of November. Check out the great new holiday deals at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat today, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. See the spectacular 2022 Dodge Durango with 51118 off MSRP, now 55912. Must finance through Chrysler Capital to qualify for Chrysler Capital and have a beacon score of 620 or less to qualify for CCAP 22 non-prime retail bonus cash. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufreenlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets check us out on facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com need our cedar beaters now call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back buzz off mosquito control safe effective guaranteed rouse's supermarket wants to wish everyone a happy holiday and to help you out and make you really happy for the holidays they are offering a free butterball turkey when you purchase a smithfield spiral ham yes buy a smithfield spiral ham at 2.99 per pound and get up to 16 pounds free on a butterball grade a frozen turkey limit one per customer also good on honeysuckle or best choice grade a frozen turkeys based on availability gobble gobble Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea.
it's officially that time of the year. Like within the next 24 to 48 hours, Mr. Jerry is going to be finalizing our broadcast schedule for the upcoming year uh, for high school basketball here on Coastal Broadcasting. So that means myself and the guy on the phone lines right now, Taylor Griffin, will be busy going to various gyms around the area and covering South Lafouche Athletics. Uh, Taylor, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Hey, doing good. How y'all doing over there? Good, man. I know you're jacked up, bro, as I am as well. It's it's that fun time of the year. We're about ready to be watching Ellie Lorraine make mid-range jump shots and B.J. Daniels dunking on people. It's a fun time. Anytime it's basketball season, bro, the, uh, the Tarpons and Lady Tarpons are uh, both about ready to be rolling. Can't wait to be bringing that action to our community. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I've been standing in the mirror every night reciting my uh, mid-range maniac and man-child and Kylie Cable Vision three-point power shot, all all the good stuff ready for the radio. Dude, I got to tell you, I saw uh, the Tarpon boys in the jamboree, um, and I made the comment on social media, which was, you know, and I don't mean to put pressure on the kid, but I put something along the lines of, man, if you thought Brandon Daniels was good last year, like you should see it now. Uh, they played Noma in the Jamboree. And look, Noma like did a pretty good job of denying him the ball. Like the Tarpons didn't really get it to him on the block a whole lot, but he's just so active on the glass. And what was happening was South Lafouche would shoot it up. If it wouldn't go in, he would just get the offensive rebound, get an and one. Or on the other end of the floor, if Noma would miss, he would get the defensive rebound, then go all the way down the floor and initiate offense like that. Um, he's more slender. He's lost some of that baby fat. He's more muscular, got a big, stronger, more powerful upper body. He plays well above the rim now. Dude's going to have a tremendous season, bro. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, man, I, I can't wait either. Um, I'll go ahead and continue the endorsement here. And we, we boldly made this statement before. Uh, I think it's safe to say for any, you know, South LaFouche basketball historians that B.J. Daniels has – officially surpassed he's without a doubt i would think the best player in south of history since clarence moore oh yeah so yes he is definitely worth the price of admission he's worth the little trip up the bayou to central Lafouche while the gym is still being renovated down the bayou he is everything you can imagine plus more it's he's a special player and his he's a great teammate a few interactions I've had with him. He's a great person, and everyone in the community speaks highly of him. Like he is just the standard by which South Lafouche athletic excellence is measured. No doubt. And look, man, they've they've got some other guys who could go on the boys. And you know, you're talking Jacob Curell is a shot maker. Hayden Kyle had a nice jamboree. Nicholas Coleman got double figures. He was the second leading scorer. Um, what I'm getting at is if teams try to get goofy to try to take him away, you know, you'd start your doubling or whatever it may be. If you just leave somebody unguarded, there are other guys on the floor who can make you pay. It's not going to be just as easy as, oh, man, well, let's just take BJ away. There are some other weapons in the holster, which is a great thing to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and I were watching the uh, the development over the course of the JV year, like just how how many strides Nick Coleman has taken and how he's going to be such a great impact player this year. You know, we, we've been seeing Jacob Curall uh, get a little bit better each year. He's He's going to be a real good player for them. And, uh, you know, just the rest of those guys are going to rally around. You know, the uh, just being a good teammate is contagious. And they just, you know, they're going to see it. They're going to feel it. They'll, they'll respond to, you know, what they got to do when the right pressure comes around on BJ. And uh, I think, think it's going to be a fun season. 
Let's talk some college football. Uh, you've got the LSU football team still controlling their own destiny. They're eight and two. They survive Arkansas. It was ugly. It always was going to be ugly. It was cold. It was, you know, freezing and there was, you know, snow in the morning and LSU's got broth on the sideline. <laughs> they weren't handling the cold very well, but they survived, man. That's the only thing that you need to do when you go out there, play Arkansas is survive. And Brian Kelly and his team found a way to get it done, although it was ugly. That's it. That's it. We like ugly wins too. A win is a win. We'll take it. Uh, Good on the Tigers for figuring it out and finding a way, and that's what championship-level teams do. They just they figure it out and they find a way. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't exciting. The game had its its exciting moments. It looked like we were just trying to give Arkansas the game time and time again, and, uh, you know, the Tigers just figured it out. You know, the leaders that needed to step up stepped up, and, that's all you can ask for in a hostile environment and unfamiliar weather when uh you know the the host team thinks uh, that watering the field is a good idea right before to try to make everything melt. So, you know, they did what they had to do. You know what's interesting is that, and I I was guilty of this as anybody is that right after the game, okay, your inclination is all right. Let's go see what next week is, and then you see UAB and you're like, oh, okay. Awesome. It'll be a bye week before A&M and before the SEC championship. Then you look and you see, hey, UAB ain't all that bad. And then you see Vegas is saying, hey, this is only a 14-point spread. Like, usually when you're thinking number 16 in the country facing UAB, you're thinking you're going to be favored by 31. You're thinking everybody's going to be out of Tiger Stadium by the time the third quarter starts, heading home. UAB yeah. could play a little bit, bro. They're only a two-touchdown underdog. Their running back leads the country in rushing 1,400 yards. LSU better play hard on Saturday or they're going to be in a dogfight in the second half. Oh, yeah. It's, dude, UAB is no slouch. I mean, they uh, they play in a good conference. They've got good opponents. They, they've got – this is not like your typical week two first home game, guarantee game against, you know, some random low-level swack or Southland school. Like, this is – UAB is a bit more <clears> – <throat> A bit more serious here, uh, you know. If, if LSU doesn't, you know, bring their A game from the beginning and make a statement and and really like set the tone, as cliche as that sounds, it's it's necessary. It's uh, they they really got to bring it and really just pop UAB in the mouth in the beginning and not not let a bad team develop confidence and hang around in you know such a dangerous game like this. If LSU wins the rest of their games, and if Tennessee wins the rest of their games, and we're choosing for the last playoff spot out of LSU and Tennessee, LSU who would be 11-2, and two, Tennessee who would be 11-1, and one, LSU who, who would have won the SEC championship, but Tennessee who would have beaten the hell out of LSU in Baton Rouge, who gets that last spot? <laughs> Million-dollar question, sir. <clears throat> that, I'm not sure how to go with that one. Of course, you know, with... With my obvious bias, uh, I would I would think LSU would go, and then you know just beating Georgia late in the year to me, to me, and to a lot of people, you'd think beating Georgia late in the year in a conference championship game has to mean way more than losing to Tennessee in October. I mean, that's my humble opinion. I would hope the people making the, the decisions would consider that obvious 
factor here. But, man, you never know. You never can tell. Uh, and I forgot what show, what, what I was listening to. I think it, it might have been T. Bob Hebert who had mentioned, like, you know, LSU already broke the BCS, you know, with, with their two-win championship year. They they were involved in a game that broke the, the BCS when they had to play Alabama in a rematch when Bama couldn't even win the West. You know, they they basically broke college football in 2019 and just <laughs> established themselves as the greatest team of all time and put up all these new numbers. Like, of course they would break the playoff system, go in with two losses and with one of their losses being to Tennessee, who was ahead of them all season, and they could find out. I mean, who else but LSU? Is it, it's, it's their job to do it. Went out, beat Georgia, jumped Tennessee. I mean, the table is set. The only thing, now this is me talking, this isn't me paraphrasing from someone else's show. The only thing that we don't have on our side is the championship game. The national championship is not in the Superdome. Yeah. And that would be the only thing that we could just sit back, take a deep breath, like, hey, the stars are aligned. We know we're going to make it because that's where the game is, and that's that's how every LSU national championship happens. The game is in the dome. The fact that it's not worries me, and you can almost bet on the Tigers aren't going to win. You just just bet the field if that's an option. Uh, but, but that's it, man. Uh, of course it would be LSU's job to break the playoff system in a crazy year like this. Don't you think that what we need to have happen, obviously LSU needs to win, but don't you think we need to root for Alabama and Ole Miss because, bro, it becomes a very strong argument. Alabama's currently number eight. Ole Miss is currently number 14. If both of those teams finish out strong and finish 10-2, and two, Alabama's going to be like seventh or sixth. Ole Miss will be like 10th or 11th. You'll be able to say, all right, I beat number one. I beat number six or number seven, wherever Alabama will be. I beat number 11. Like, I feel like LSU needs some of uh, Florida State's down there at number 19. We need them to finish the year strong. I, I feel like all those little schedule opponents, it almost becomes like high school, right, where you're counting your PowerPoints. All the schedule opponents need to finish strong for LSU so that you could really beef it up and strengthen up that resume. Yep, you are 100% correct. All we do from here on out is cheer for our past opponents to keep winning and keep making us look better. That's there, – there's – it's as simple as that. There's, there's, there's nothing else I got to add, but you, you're correct. <laughs> Let's talk about the Saints. Boy, what an ugly, uh, ugly, ugly topic that is to discuss. They lose to Pittsburgh. Not only did they lose to Pittsburgh, they got dominated by Pittsburgh. They doubled them up in yards, almost tripled them up in first downs. <laughs> Bro, um, I don't know where we go from here. Uh, people are disgruntled with the head coach. It's hard to argue. They're committing you know, 10 to 12 penalties a week. You don't have a draft pick. You don't have salary cap space. I don't know where to go from here, uh, but, man, I do know this. It is some dark, dark days ahead for the New Orleans Saints, man. Yes. Uh, thinking about this really, really worries me as a diehard Saints fan because what you worry about, it's not like you don't have a bunch of really good Pro Bowl players on the roster. Like, what does this do for Cam Jordan? You hope his kids are, are – are happy in school and they, they're begging, hey, Dad, can we please stay? What does this do for Alvin Kamara, who, to my knowledge, I don't think has any family ties down here, and he's still arguably top three most talented running backs in the league. Like, 
what does that do with him? Like, if he starts getting frustrated and he's like, I want out of here, this is a mess, why can't we win? Who knows what's going on in his head? But as a fan, outside looking in, no inside information, it's ugly, it's scary. I'm fed up with watching them. I could about imagine how the players on the field feel fed up with playing for them. You know what's scary, and, and this will probably piss off some Saints fans, but it is what it is. Before Breeze and Peyton, it was an organization that really had never been all that good. You know, it was kind of a laughing stock organization, paper bags and all that good stuff. Doesn't it make you a little bit nervous that as soon as Peyton and Breeze leave, you're kind of right back to where you started? Like, bro, that's, that's got me scared right now. It's like, man, are we about ready? To, like, is this a situation where they just kind of got the two transcendent minds that t- changed everything around, but once they left um, – it's kind of back to what it used to be. That's what's got me scared right now. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you can't ignore something like this. It's it's an obvious transition that we're going through. Two of the greatest minds in the game, at least that that we're that we're used to seeing, are gone, and it's it's almost becoming a joke. And it, I, I hope we don't revert back to those dark days. You know. I mean, hell, I would take Aaron Brooks and Jim Haslett right now with, with what we've been seeing. You know, even those days were better than what we're seeing right now. Of course, obviously, with the exception of the Katrina year, scrambling all over the place to try to find a field to play on. But this is, uh, this is bad. This is, if they don't make some changes soon, we could very well be going back to paper bag days. So let's talk about this. Let's say they finish the year 6-11 uh, and 11, or, you know, 5-12 and 12, or whatever it may be. Will Dennis Allen get a second season, or will this be a situation where, much like they did with Stan Van Gundy with the Pelicans, they realize right away, hey, this isn't working out, and they make a move after just year one? I think they get aggressive with it. I think it's uh, I think it's a case of, man, we've come way too far. You know, just because it's a few fresh faces doesn't mean we should fall this hard. I, I think... I think they make the aggressive move and get rid of Dennis Allen. We, we've we've developed this new culture. We've developed this winning culture, this winning attitude. People want to come to the games. People want to party. The dome is always sold out. You have Champion Square. You have all this other, all these other positive things surrounding everything that goes into a Saints game, and we can't win. We can't win. I think. I think they make a very aggressive move. If, if the Saints don't win out and somehow sneak into a wild card game, I think you get rid of Dennis Allen. Very interesting, and I, and I don't disagree with you there, brother. Um, let's talk some WWE. we got Survivor Series coming up, which is uh, not the normal Survivor Series, right? There's going to be war games involved. We've got the Women's War Games match already announced, which is going to be Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and two mystery partners versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Nikki, and a mystery partner. Anytime you say mystery partner, and especially when there's two mystery partners, everybody's thinking Naomi and Sasha Banks. Is it going to be them? Is it that obvious? Or is it going to be a swerve and it will be somebody else? Ah, that's, that's a tough one, man. You can, never, you can never write off the WWE when it comes to shock and surprise but in this particular situation i think it's naomi and sasha i think you know 
Triple H is running the show. He's going to smooth some things over. He's going to he's he's probably been talking to them for months. Hey, we're going to wait for the right exact moment to bring you guys back. That that's that's probably what this is. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, let's talk about this. You know, we got the Royal Rumble coming up. Um, and I know I asked you about this probably about two months ago, so I apologize for the repeat question. But I think it's as clouded and as, and as uncertain as ever. Bro, who the hell is going to win the Royal Rumble, bro? You got Bray Wyatt, who's invincible. You got Braun Strowman, who's invincible. You got Lesnar and Lashley, who seem to be invincible. You got Cody, who may be coming back. Like, dude... I don't have a clue. Usually we have an idea. I don't have a clue. There's whispers that The Rock will be number 30 to set up a title match with Roman Reigns at Mania. He can maybe be. I don't have a clue how this is going to go. The Royal Rumble is going to have more uncertainty and more intrigue than ever. I would attack it first by saying if you want to sell tickets and draw money and move the needle and shock, awe, and surprise and give the fans what they want, really max everything out. If we're talking about a guy who maybe didn't have a full schedule here and didn't have, you know, a billion dollars in his bank account just about, you put the Rock at 30, he wins, he sets up the title match, he wins, and he hangs out for a few months and loses it by next year. As much as I love to see that, I don't think it's realistic with the Rock's life and schedule right now. So... As much as that would be a dream come true, I'm just going to write that off as pretty much impossible. Uh, you got to go Cody Rhodes. I think somehow, some way, you, uh, I guess you get one of the belts or both of the belts off of Roman Reigns. Rock versus Roman is a non-title match, and Cody is winning the Royal Rumble and choosing what he wants to do after that. Or... I don't know, man. That's that's a tough one, but I I think either way, it's a setup. It's a setup for a Cody Rhodes Royal Rumble victory and a title match with someone for him to finally get the championship he's been going for um, at WrestleMania. I, I I think that's the direction they go. I tend to think that you're right on that, but boy, you know, just kind of a sleeper and a guy that no one's really talking about. But dude. Seth Rollins was supposed to be a heel. He was supposed to be a demonic, evil heel. Now, he's one of the biggest faces in the company. They love him. They hum his music while he's wrestling. He's become the United States champion. When he's winning the match, they're going crazy. How about him as a sleeper, bro? Like, in any bad situation, there, there's an opportunity for somebody. With Roman having a lesser schedule, with Lesnar being part-time, with Cody injured, Rollins has stepped up big, bro. He's probably the biggest face that they got right now. You're right. You're right. And it's it's so fun to have watched it unfold in these recent weeks, how, like, he's not even a baby face on purpose. Like, <laughs> they're, they're not pushing him. Like, the fans have fallen in love with the – you know, the snarky, cocky guy who dances to his own music and they hum it along with him because he's exciting and they respect what he brings to the table every night. No one's forcing this on the fans like, hey, this is the guy you're supposed to cheer for. It just happens. That's the coolest part about it. And you know what? You bring up an excellent point. We can't ignore him either. He. He's got to have some kind of big major impact with this show. 
Now, whether or not he's in some other sort of title match on his own or he's one of the last two or three guys in the Royal Rumble and they do some crazy spot, he may be involved, he may end up being a runner-up, but yeah, you know, he may win. You can't ignore it. They may do some kind of schmaz ending where him and Cody fall over at the same time, and now we got to have some kind of triple threat thing at WrestleMania because they both won. I mean, who knows? The, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities here. It just makes you wonder because I go back and I, I think you were there too. But the night that Daniel Bryan won it in the dome, that was not supposed to be what it was. They had to swerve a million different times to get there. Because that's not what the company wanted, but the fans just insisted on it being Daniel Bryan. I don't know, man. I just I'm seeing that volcano bubble up, and every week his reaction's getting bigger and bigger. And I don't know. I think just by the time we get to January, he's going to be awfully hard to ignore, man. You are correct. You are correct on all of it. I was there. That was a crazy night, and uh, yes, that the fans simply demanded it. The people paying the bills demanded it. They, Daniel Bryan would not go away. His popularity kept growing and growing. Uh, now, while Seth Rollins has taken a slightly different route to this point compared to what, how Daniel Bryan got to where he was back in 2014 for WrestleMania 30, uh, yeah, you, you're absolutely correct. The the people filling filling the seats every night and, and spending the money are wherever that loudest reaction is going, wherever that following is. You can't ignore it. Maybe the fans will force Seth Rollins into it. This, You know, the WWE gives the people what they want for the most part. They listen to the fans, I'd like to think. And this uh, this could be a fan-induced push that was not planned. Very interesting. Brother, we thank you so much for the time. Whenever we get that broadcast schedule finalized in the next day or so, I will shoot it your way and we'll make it happen, my man. Yes, indeed. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. And as always, go Tarps, and God bless America. Yes, sir. That is Taylor Griffin signing off in the way that only he knows how. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll get to our mailbag. It is play-by-play wrapping up here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The team at Calvin Braxton Ford wishes you peace, joy, and prosperity throughout the coming year. Thank you for your continued support and partnership. We look forward to working with you for many years to come. Happy holidays from the staff at Calvin Braxton Ford and Lockport. The countdown is on, Louisiana, for your chance to win a trip to New York City and become Powerball's first millionaire of the year. Play the Powerball First Millionaire of the Year promotion, and you and a guest could win an exciting trip to Times Square and appear live on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Enter any non-winning five-board Powerball ticket for drawings from July 11th to September 10th. Details at LouisianaLottery.com. You could be the first Powerball Millionaire of the Year. Can you feel it? The heat is on, Louisiana, so play it cool this summer with new scratch-offs from the lottery. Step on the wild side with Wild One. Win up to $3,000. It's a whole lot of cash. Play Lotto Cash. Top price, $12,000. Don't lose your marbles. Play all the marbles. Win up to $30,000. Add to your winnings with Plus the Money. Win up to $100,000. Take a break this summer and play all four exciting scratch-offs from the lottery. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in. 
For more information about applicable fees and terms, State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. You may think every weather app is the same until you see WeatherBug over-deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you, prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, WeatherBug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free. This is State Representative Joseph Orgeron. During this holiday season, I'd like to give thanks for my family, friends, and also the patience and support of my constituents. I truly hope you have a wonderful holiday season and a healthy and prosperous new year from my family to yours. Now we dive into the mailbag here on Play by Play. Um, got about, oh, yeah, probably about 16, 17 minutes left to spend with you all. A lot of these will get eaten up by answering your questions. If you've ever got a question for me, I'm at KC underscore just Claire on Twitter. We're at Kaylee B Radio, uh, just Claire KC at gmail.com, KC just Claire on Facebook. We're Kaylee B Radio on Facebook. And as always, if you got my cell number, uh, shoot me a text, man. Uh, I, I've take several of these questions based on text message questions from listeners, friends, colleagues, whoever it may be. First question that I got today <laughs> comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, give me a pick and a score for E.D. White and Evangel on Friday night. Um, I'll try my best to be out there on Friday night. I don't think I have any other obligations on Friday night. Um, but for a pick and a score, um, I'll go E.D. White. It's hard for me to envision them losing and having their season ended on their home field. Um, I do think it'll be close. I think it'll be competitive. Give me E.D. White 31-20 to 20 over Evangel. I think that E.D. White jumps on them early, like maybe even like a 24-6 to 6 type of thing early. And then once Evangel kind of settles down and adjusts to the style of play that E.D. White has, maybe they'll chip away late. Uh, but give me the Cardinals to defend their home field. Give me the Cardinals to get a 31-20 win over Evangel. And I'll say this, what's so interesting about this playoff draw for E.D. White, and a lot of folks around the state agree with this, is that, <clears throat> excuse me, I truly believe that the matchup with Evangel in the second round is going to be more difficult and challenging than the matchup against John F. Kennedy or Hannon would be in the third round if E.D. White were to succeed and win. John F. Kennedy's the number five seed. And, I mean, they're okay. They've played pretty well, right? But they've also played just in a ragged, not very good district. They barely got past Terrebonne, who was not a great team. Um, I think that E.D. White would have an easier time against Kennedy than they're going to have against Evangel on Friday. And that's if Kennedy survives Hannon, who, guess what? played E.D. White earlier in the year, and guess what? Lost 38 to nothing. So, um, yeah, I think the draw is pretty good, and we'll see how far the Cardinals can take it. 
But yeah, give me about, you know, a, a touchdown and a half win for E.D. White over Evangel. Casey, if LSU wins out, do they get into the college football playoff? Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, let's discuss this for a second. Let me pull up all the the right teams and all the different stuff that I got to pull up so that I could tell you why I think LSU would be pretty safely in. Um, We got to understand something right off the top is that Michigan or Ohio State are going to lose because they play one another. I think if the loser of that game is Michigan, I think they're out. I think Ohio State could survive uh, because they got a couple of quality wins. If the loser's Michigan, I think Michigan's out. If Michigan were to crush Ohio State, then I think maybe it'd be different, but I don't see that happening. Um, So let's start there. That's one spot that would potentially open up. Are we really sure that TCU is going to win out and be undefeated? Like, are we positive about that? Are we convinced 100% fully that TCU is going to win out? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So that could potentially create a spot. I don't know that TCU is going to beat Baylor on Saturday. Baylor's 6-4. and four. They're at home. They could play well. They're only a two-point underdog. Like I don't know that TCU's going to get by Baylor on Saturday. So there's that. TCU still got some work to do. They still got to play Iowa State. That's going to be a challenge. They still got to play their conference championship game. That's going to be a challenge. We're not fully convinced yet that TCU's going to make the playoff at all because they've got to win three straight, and if they lose any of those games, I think they're going to be out. And then there's the LSU versus Tennessee thing. Yeah, Tennessee beat LSU head-to-head. But if LSU were to win the last three games of the season, which, by the way, is a big chore, right? I understand that the odds of LSU winning the last three games are not good. I think they're going to be challenged like hell next Saturday at College Station. I think that the SEC championship game is kind of a, a, a... Situation where you're going to be probably a 10 to 12 point underdog. So, like, I get that the odds are very long, but just saying, if it happens, you will have beaten the number one team in the country. You will have beaten Alabama, who's a top 10 team. You will have beaten Ole Miss, who's a top 15 team. And your losses will have been to two teams that are both ranked. Because Florida State's in the top 20 and Tennessee's in the top five. So, yeah, I mean, just looking at it around the country, if you take Michigan out, if they lose to Ohio State, if you take TCU out, if they lose to whoever, I think LSU could, look, there is also, I think, a situation potentially where three SEC teams could get in. I think Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU could potentially all get in. Now, I don't know if the committee is going to allow that to happen. I don't know if the committee is going to be so SEC heavy. But if Ohio State beats Michigan by 20, TCU loses to Baylor, LSU beats Georgia, why wouldn't it be Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, and LSU? Why wouldn't it be? Don't tell me about USC, by the way. USC, who's 9-1. and one. Don't tell me about USC. USC has played 10 games. You know how many wins they got against a team that has a pulse? Zero. 
Zero. USC's best win of the year is against 6-4 and four Washington State. Their entire resume, from cover to cover, is a joke. An absolute joke. They have beaten Rice, Stanford, who's 3-7, and seven, Fresno State, Oregon State, who's 7-3, and three, not very good, Arizona State, who's 3-7. and seven. They beat Washington State, who's 6-4. and four. They lost to Utah, beat Cal, who is, let's see, 3-7, and seven. beat Colorado, who's 1-9. and nine. They have zero wins against anyone with a pulse. Now, they end the season at UCLA and against Notre Dame. Those are some chances to get some quality wins. But I don't think they're going to even win both of those games. So don't tell me about USC. They've played the entire season so far without playing anybody worth a crap. This is an interesting question. I don't like to talk about myself, but it's an interesting question. Casey, do you ever feel any pressure because you're the only media voice for prep athletics locally in our local media? Um, Pressure is probably not the right word because pressure is what you're facing when you don't have enough money to like keep the light bill on. Pressure is what you're facing when you're you know, in some barracks somewhere overseas in Afghanistan. That's what pressure is. So pressure is not the right word. Um, There are times where I'm choosing between like a night off and going to a game that I admittedly will be like, well, if I don't go to this game, no one in the local media is going to go. There are absolutely times of that. But I don't consider that pressure, right? Because like there's never a time and I mean this sincerely. There are times when I'm covering, you know, news and politics or whatever for the newspaper job where that's work. That's stuff that I don't really enjoy doing as much. But there's never a time when I'm covering a sports event that it feels like work. Like I stay feeling like I'm stealing money because I'm getting paid to take pictures of people playing basketball. Like there are people and I understand that and I accept that. I know that there are people who have far more strenuous jobs than I do. I understand that fully. Like, I'm being paid right now to talk about LSU football. Now, with that having been said, I also understand that there's a certain talent to my job and that if you just bring some Joe Blow off the street and tell him to talk for 90 minutes on the radio, the show won't be worth the crap because the average person doesn't understand how much content 90 minutes actually is to stay fresh and to stay entertaining every day doing it. I understand that part of it too. But no, I don't feel pressure, right? I feel sad. I feel sad. I feel sad that there are two other news organizations in our area that don't think enough about the student-athletes in our area to cover them. That's what I feel. I feel sadness and sorrow that I'm the only one in the local media that gives a crap about the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears of those student-athletes who are busting their ass every single day in practice and in competition to play soccer, basketball, football, uh, cross-country, whatever it may be. That's what I feel. I feel sad that there are other organizations that don't value that work. That's what I feel. It's not, you know, any pressure or anything, and it's not about me, and it's not about accolades. It's not about tooting my horn and saying that we're the only ones doing this or we're the only ones doing that. It's about I wish it were being done more widely because those men and women deserve the recognition. That's what I feel. Whew, got me fired up. 
Casey, where does Jacob DeGrom end up, and what about Aaron Judge? That's what a listener wants to know. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom is going to end up um, with the Texas Rangers. Uh, they're offering him a lot of money reportedly, and they are wanting to splurge. Aaron Judge is going to end up back with the Yankees. Um, they've got the most money. It just makes the most sense for him to be there. Uh, I'm going to go Aaron Judge with the Yankees, DeGrom with the Rangers. What are your thoughts on LSU baseball this spring? A listener wants to know. <clears throat> okay, um, I could give you a or an analogy. Go get a two liter of Coke, shake it up, and open up the top. LSU baseball is about to explode. They're playing fall ball and are rolling. They've got so much talent on their roster. They're going to be able to hit for power, but also have a good on-base percentage because they got guys that are going to be willing to get base hits and work the walks. They're going to be better on the mound. If they fix their defensive deficiencies from last year, they're going to unquestionably be a top-five team, probably a top-one team. I think they're the most talented team in the country, and I think they're about to explode. So, yeah, to answer that, go get a, a you know 20-ounce bottle of Coke, shake it up, drop it on the ground, and open the top, see what happens. That's going to be what LSU baseball is going to do. No longer will it be mediocre, barely making the tournament, losing in the region. No, that's going to be a team that's about to blow up. Listener wants to know, Casey, when you have a day off, what do you do? Um, that's such an interesting question. You guys are asking questions about, about me. Um, I usually play video games. I usually go hang out with friends. I usually, you know, maybe put a podcast in, listen to What Happened When, Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone talking about wrestling. Don't do a whole lot. Just be lazy, man. You know that usual stuff. Or, or on the weekends when I'm off, just watch football. And, and I guess indirectly that's work because I'm watching it, taking notes and stuff to get ready to talk about it on the radio. <clears throat> but there's no secret science, man. I just do, you know, guy stuff. Just hang out and, you know, eat and you know, drink a little beer and, you know, watch TV. Usual stuff. Listener wants to know, Casey, is LSU basketball eligible for the postseason this year? Uh, yes, they are. They are not restrained in any way, at least not right now. And the last question, who's the top basketball player in our area? To which I say, Brandon Daniels of South LaFouche is the top player in our area. Uh, he's the reigning district MVP. But I got to tell you, um, little boy at uh, Ellender, um, they, well, I say little boy very loosely, but that kid plays like a man. Uh, Richard Hampton over at Ellender is a monster. He could really go. There are a lot of players who are going to challenge B.J., but the top returning player is going to be B.J. because he's the district MVP in our local 4A district, um, unanimous reigning district MVP in our local 4A district. We're not going to catch a break because we're up against the end of the show, so I'll just go ahead and give you the betting picks right now. <clears throat> if you want to get <clears throat> more betting picks from me, go over to Patreon, search Bayou Sports. We give you some picks and stuff every single day uh, throughout the course of the week. But, of course, we give you three freebies here every single day on the show. My fan duel was pulling up right now, and I could tell you that I like tonight. In the world of the NBA, I am going to be rolling with the, let's see, I'm going to be rolling with the Milwaukee Bucks minus four over the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm going to be rolling with the Dallas Mavericks minus five over the Houston Rockets. And I'm going to be taking over 227 and a half for the Warriors and the Suns. And I'll even give you a bonus. I'm going to give you the Phoenix Suns plus one to defeat the Golden State Warriors. 
Warriors haven't won a road game all year. Um, it's tough to go into Phoenix and kind of reverse that trend. So that'll be all for me today. We want to thank BJ Young, Darian Jenkins, and Taylor Griffin for the time. Uh, thanks to you all for listening. This will be up in the cloud in just a second. Have a wonderful rest of the day. You've been listening to Play-By-Play on KLEB. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless you guys. This is Louisiana State Senator of District 20, Big Mike Fazy. I'd like to thank you all for your continued support.